You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Moved by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane and welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Here are the evening news headlines for Thursday, July 14. Despite the federal government saying that pandemic leave payments would not be reinstated after coming to an end last month, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is under increasing pressure to reverse the decision. Under the scheme, people who tested positive for COVID-19 or had to care for a person who did, but didn't have access to sick leave through their employer, were given up to $750. Now, even Mr Albanese's own colleagues are calling for the payments to be reintroduced, with New South Wales Labor leader Chris Minns calling for an urgent rethink, saying, I don't want people having to choose between declaring whether they have COVID-19 and testing whether they have COVID-19 and returning to work, putting co-workers, the community and family at risk. The Australian Medical Association and a number of unions are also backing the call. Concern is growing for Australia's aged care residents as over 800 facilities are currently reporting COVID-19 outbreaks. More than 2,000 aged care residents have died from coronavirus since the start of this year, with fears that spiralling case numbers across the country will put more vulnerable people at risk. In a bid to address the situation, Federal Aged Care Minister Anika Wells met with Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly, Deputy Chief Medical Officer Michael Kidd, Aged Care Commissioner Janet Anderson and Health Secretary Brendan Murphy to come up with a plan. Key measures include getting residents fourth vaccine doses and antiviral medications, a renewed push for infection control training and proactive engagement with care facilities. But there are concerns that the withdrawal of 1,700 ADF personnel on August 12, who were deployed to assist the aged care workforce, could put workers and facilities under renewed strain. Australia's unemployment rate dropped further in May to a 48-year low of just 3.5%, as employment rose sharply by more than 88,000 people, far exceeding the expectations of about 30,000. Full-time jobs also increased, with AMP chief economist Shane Oliver saying he expects the unemployment rate will fall further to 3.2% in the next three to six months. But while it's good news for job seekers, economists warn it will increase pressure on the Reserve Bank to aggressively hike interest rates, as the RBA didn't anticipate unemployment falling to 3.5% until June 2023. 
Data has also shown that the total hours worked decreased, likely due to the high number of COVID-19 and flu infections, with absenteeism due to illness at the second highest level on record. The federal government has released a stakeholder consultation report ahead of a meeting next week to discuss the national plan to end family violence. Social Services Minister Amanda Rishworth says it's an important step to finalising the 10-year national plan that will aim to end violence against women and children. The report, delivered by Monash University's Gender and Family Violence Prevention Centre, presents the findings of workshops and interviews with almost 500 stakeholders, as well as talks at the National Summit on Women's Safety. Centre Director Kate Fitzgibbon says family, domestic and sexual violence is a national crisis, with one woman dying in Australia every nine days at the hands of their current or former partner. Monash adjunct professor Silke Meyer also called for the plan to embed the right to truth-telling, healing and self-determination for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Commonwealth State and Territory Ministers responsible for women and women's safety will meet in Adelaide on July 22. As the race to replace outgoing UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson continues, ex-Chancellor Rishi Sunak has emerged as the frontrunner. As one of the men whose resignations brought down the current PM, Mr Sunak won the first round of voting by MPs to choose the next Conservative leader with 88 votes. Trade Minister Penny Mordaunt came in second place on 67, with Foreign Secretary Liz Truss third on 50. Chancellor Nadeem Zahawi and former Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt were eliminated after failing to get the 30 votes required to make it through to the next round. The remaining six candidates will be whittled down to just two by the end of next week. About 160,000 Tory party members will then decide the winner, with the result to be announced on September 5. That's your evening news headlines. If you want more from The Quickie, check out today's deep dive on foot and mouth disease and why your upcoming holiday to Bali is making Aussie farmers very nervous.